0: Acts chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 11 is going to be our main text as we talk about the ascension of Jesus Christ. Forty days after he rose from the dead. And I'm reading the New American Standard Bible and it reads as follows. The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven after he had by the Holy Spirit giving orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these, he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Gathered them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the father had promised, which he said, you heard of from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or epochs, seasons, which the father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive the power When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest parts of the earth. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up. While they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. We also read Luke chapter 24, verse 50 to verse 53. Luke 24, 50 to 53. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he departed from them and was carried up into heaven. And they, after worshiping him, returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising God. Amen. Amen. The ascension of Christ is simply, simply means he's going back to heaven to the Father. All right? But this time, when he went back into heaven, he went back there with a different type of body. He went back into heaven with what we call a resurrected body or a glorified body. You remember after he was raised from the dead, he even told... uh, uh, Sorry. He even told Thomas, the doubter, to come and check him and put his fingers in his holes and said, behold, a spirit doesn't have flesh and bones. And so a resurrected body seemingly doesn't have blood in it, but it has the life of God in it, and I don't want to talk about that. And it is in this body that, through this body, Jesus could both go to heaven in that form, come back to earth in that form. He could still eat and interact with people. But we'll talk about the resurrected body one day. But a study of the scriptures pertaining to the descending and ascending minister of Christ shows that he descended from heaven to earth and then ascended from earth to heaven, both in spirit and in his body. So in his ascension, he defied the laws of gravity because he was moving in a higher law. So when Jesus ascended, he was showing to us there are other laws higher than the laws that we operate here on on this earth. Now, let's look at facts about the ascension of Christ. All right? First of all, the ascension of Christ was foretold by the prophets. Remember, Bazelon. All everything that we see happen in the New Testament, all right, was spoken about in the Old Testament. Somebody said the New Testament is con- the, the New Testament is concealed in the Old Testament, but the Old Testament is revealed in the New Testament. So in the Old Testament, there are certain things when we read them, we read them in one way, and sometimes when they were written, it was certain historical occurrences. The way they were recorded, it was a record of what happened at that time. But, there is this about the Old Testament, that certain things, even when they were written, they had a double-barrel meaning. They applied at that time, historically, but they were also pointing to something in the future. Also, There are things that prophets said about what was coming. Even David, the prophet and the psalmist, said certain things about what is coming. So the ascension of Christ was prophesied about. Everything that happened in the life of Christ was prophesied about. You know, I tell people that, you know, uh, you, you, you can disbelieve any book, but don't ever try and disbelieve the Bible. Because the Bible has so much proof and so much consistency. Things that were said thousands of years before happened thousands of years down the line and they happened exactly as God said. Because the word of God is an inspired word of God. Don't let anybody tell you that what you have in your hand is a useless book. Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away but my word will stand forever. And so the ascension of Christ was foretold by the prophets. Psalm 68 verse 18. It reads in the New King James Version, you have ascended on high, you have led captivity captive, you have received gifts among men. And by the way, in July, during that winter Bible seminar, I haven't spoken to the leaders about it, I'm going to be teaching about the gifts of the Spirit in July. And I'm thinking seriously that maybe I should have a day session for, 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 and talk about ministry gifts. The offices of apostle, prophet, and all of because the two go together. When Jesus ascended on high, he gave gifts unto men. That's what the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, tells us. When he ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. All right? And so his ascension releases the ministry gift. So in July, we're going to deal with that. So, so that when July comes, you are there. But it says, you have ascended on high. This is Psalm 68, talking about Jesus. You have led captivity captive. You have received gifts among men, even from the rebellious, that the Lord might dwell there. Even in Psalms 110, verse 1. In the New King James Version, it reads, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. When Jesus ascended on high, he went up into heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father. Amen, Basil. So, number one, his ascension was foretold by the prophets. Number two, Jesus himself foretold his ascension. In John 16, verse 27 and verse 28, Jesus says, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. And I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. In John 20, from verse 16, after he had been raised from the dead, Mary Magdalene came and met Jesus at the tomb. Jesus said to her, Mary, verse 16, she turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher. Jesus said to her, watch this, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father. Hello. To my God and your God. Hello. See, after Jesus was raised from the dead, things changed now, you know. Not only were the believers of Christ or uh, the disciples of Christ, people who were just followers of Christ, God was their Father now. God was their God now. And so Jesus said that. So verse 18, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that he had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things. So Jesus himself spoke about his ascension. Number three, his ascension is also recorded by various New Testament writers. And they use various expressions to describe his ascension. For instance, In Mark 16, 19, Mark says about Jesus, he was received up into heaven. In Luke 24, verse 50, Luke says, he parted from them and he was carried up into heaven and lifted up his hands in a priestly blessing. Also in Luke, in Acts chapter 1, verse 9, rather, Luke says he was received out of their sight. Jesus himself said, number four, he would ascend up into heaven where he was before and that he would depart. So he uses the word ascend and the word depart. He would ascend and depart from this world. When Stephen was stoned, you remember that? When Stephen was stoned, the Bible says, as he was dying, he saw the heaven open and he saw the Son of Man standing in heaven. So, this tells us that Jesus is in heaven. He has ascended into heaven. When John was on the island of Patmos, he received a a series of revelations. And in Revelation 1 10, verse verse 10, verse 11, and Revelation 4 2, John saw the risen Lord, John saw the ascended Lord. He says in Revelations 1.10, I was in the spirit in the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a loud voice like the sound of a trumpet saying, write in a book what you see and send it to the seven churches of Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardin, Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. In chapter 4, verse 1, he says, After these things I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven and the first voice which I heard, like the Son of Trump speaking to me, and it said, come up here. I will, I will show you what must take place after these things. Immediately, I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was standing in heaven, and one sitting on the throne. So watch this. Jesus, having been raised from the dead, having died from, for our sins, through his ascension, his earthly ministry still continues. Watch this now. After the resurrection, Jesus first of all taught his disciples about the kingdom of God, and he did that for 40 days. And then thereafter, he was taken up to heaven. We note when that happened, it meant the cross was empty, the tomb was empty. And really when you read the Bible, you'll find that at the heart of what we preach and what makes our gospel powerful is that the cross is empty and the tomb is empty. Amen. This is what the followers of Christ through history preached like you find in 1 Corinthians 15. However, it's very unfortunate that many of us as evangelical Christians and churches do not really look at the ascension of Christ as we should. Very often, we celebrate the Easter or the Good Friday, but not too many times do you find people meeting like we're meeting today. And yet, the ascension of Christ is one of the most powerful things. If Jesus had not ascended, our gospel would not have any power. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. In fact, when you read the Bible, there are six benefits of his ascension. Six benefits for us as believers of his ascension. First of all, number one, Jesus continues to still work after his ascension. In other words, that he ascended, it doesn't mean he has stopped working for you or working for me. That's why in Acts 1, verse 1, we read, in the first book of Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up. The very important word there is what Jesus began. This signals that Jesus' ascension doesn't mark the cessation of his work, but the continuation of what Jesus has begun. That's what Luke is saying, and what the, Luke, the book of Luke is about, the book of Acts is about. The book of Acts is simply the Acts of the risen Lord. <laughs> Because it's in the book of Acts that we see how Jesus is working through the person of the Holy Spirit. Jesus works from heaven through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus works from heaven through his people on the earth. As the disciples went about ministering, preaching, healing, doing things, Jesus was still working through them. Jesus was still doing the same things through them that he did as he was still alive on earth. So you see, the first thing, his ascension benefits us in that he's working through us. He's working through his people. He's working through you, through the Holy Spirit. He's working through me, through the Holy Spirit. He's working through you to accomplish the purposes of God. You are a tool in the hands of God. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Number two, when Jesus ascended, that's the only time he could send the Holy Spirit to his people. You see, it is after his resurrection that he told his disciples, I am sending the promise of the Father. But he said, but stay in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed with power. And so they went up on the upper room after Jesus had ascended. And they sat there in the upper room. And on the day of Pentecost, when Peter started preaching to his countrymen after the Holy Spirit had come, he connects what was happening to the ascension of Christ. Note what he says in Acts two thirty three. This is what Peter says. He says, "Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourself are seeing and hearing." Peter is saying what you are seeing and hearing is evidence. Ah, you're not hearing what I'm saying. Let me connect this to the Old Testament. See, when the priest was ministering in the Holy of Holies, because the priest was the only one who was allowed into the Holy of Holies, his garments had bells that were tied at the bottom of it. And these bells would ring. That keep on ringing. Bells ringing. So, when the bells are ringing, it was a sign that the priest is still alive. It was a sign that the priest is still at work. It was a sign that the priest is still present. Listen to how Paul connects it. He says, though I speak in tongues of men and angels, if I not have love, I am like what? I am like a clinging symbol." I am like bells that are ringing. See, those bells that were ringing at the bottom of the coat of the priest is the bells of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit fell down on the day of Pentecost, when people started speaking in tongues, it was the bells ringing, showing us a sign that our heavenly priest is in heaven and is still active. Oh, yeah. So every time we speak in tongues, we are saying, our priest is up in heaven. Jesus is still alive. Can I hear an amen? I know. So when the priest was working, you the bells ringing, clean, 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 clean. So when we pray in other tongues, it sings, it tells us he is right there in the Holy of Holies of heaven. I said he is right there in the Holy of Holies of heaven. Look at your neighbour; neighbors, not saying anything, Ruth, like, so next week when? But Jesus told us that when he's raised, when he's exalted, he will send the Holy Spirit. In fact, God had promised in Joel 2.28, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And he said this promise is to be fulfilled by the ascended, exalted, heavenly Lord Jesus. So Jesus sent his spirit. Hallelujah. He sent his spirit to be present with his people, according to John 14.16. He sent his spirit to empower his people for the worldwide mission, according to Acts 1-8. He sent his spirit to transform the believers, to live the new lives reflecting the king, according to Romans chapter 8, verse 9. Oh, that he ascended. Oh, that he ascended. We are benefiting. We are benefiting. Because he ascended, the Holy Spirit is in us. Because he ascended, we have been given power to take the gospel all over the world. Because he ascended, we are living new lives. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. We have the resurrection life of God on the inside of us because he's ascended. Number three, Jesus' ascension is his heavenly enthronement as king. See, Jesus came to fulfill a mission and to, fulf- and to finish that mission. And when he ascended, it tells us that it was a, a fulfillment of a chapter in his life. And he's going to be enthroned as king. See, he is the king of kings. At his ascension. Jesus was installed as the true king of the world. Three weeks ago, we talked about the Apostles' Creed. And according to the Apostles' Creed, we say he ascended into heaven and he is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Acts 1.9, he tells us he was taken up to heaven in a cloud. Acts 7.26, Stephen declares, I see the Son of Man standing Standing Eh? Standing You see Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God He's enthroned there But you see when you as a believer Live out your life and you go through persecution And you still keep your faith Even when they persecute you He gives you a standing ovation When you are coming into heaven Oh can I hear a shout Yeah Yeah now He's sitting Yeah When you hold on to your faith when you fight the good fight of faith. When you will not let people talk you out of your faith. Even when they stone you, you still believe in him. Even when they insult you, you still believe in him. Even when they malign you, you still believe in him. Even when you are dying, you still believe in him. His hand gives you a standing ovation. And says, well done thou good and faithful servant. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of majesty and high. Oh my goodness. See, his ascension fulfills the important prophecy we find in Daniel chapter 7. Which was prophesied years before. Verse 13 and 14. Daniel writes, I saw in the night visions and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like the Son of Man. And he came to the Ancient of Days. And was presented before him. And to him was given dominion. Oh, Jesus. Hey, Basalana, we shouldn't be afraid of the devil, Pelaman. Jesus has been given dominion. I think, as the church, Bazalana, we are acting below our potential. I'm telling you, we are acting below who God has made us. To Him was given dominion. Listen what it says and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion His dominion is an everlasting dominion. Oh let me tell you kingdoms will come But kingdoms will go But his kingdom will stand forever They can talk about him They can say anything about him But his kingdom will stand forever And forever And this is why you read Through history anybody Who will ever look down on his kingdom And speak badly About his kingdom Their days are numbered Yeah Yeah I was thinking about it the other day. I was thinking about it the other day, and I don't want to say it in terms of our country. I'll say it in some other way. The Beatles, when they became very popular in the '60s, when they became very popular, they became big headed. And then, as they became popular, they started saying we are even more popular than Jesus Christ. See, see, you see. Any time, Ola Kalibisola. Are you, tell, are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why I tell these politicians, stay away. Politicians, stay away from the name of Jesus. Don't, don't ever are you hearing what I'm saying? Because his kingdom will stand forever. You will come, you will go, we will unseat you, we will change you. But Jesus will stand forever and forever. Oh yeah. Many nations of the world, you can go back in history, in the iron curtain when they tried to push down the name of Christ and they banned people from praying, banned people from going to church, banned people from calling the name of Jesus, brought about laws and legislation to stop people. But I tell you, you can never put Jesus down. You can never bring him under control. You can never put him down. Jesus will always rise again. You know why? He's king of all kings. He's lord of all lords. Can I hear an amen in the house of his king of all kings? And if he's king of all kings, you as kings also, you better begin to act like he is king of kings and lord of Lords. We've become too nice. You know, I don't know why recently I'm just thinking that we've become too nice. We're not using our power. I was telling them in our, in our prayer time. One of them. I was telling them that one of the things the church must reclaim is the power of prayer. I remember during Nakaya, the late Bishop Benson Idahosa, an apostle of God, that man was just something else. You know, we need a little bit of that kind of spirit. He asked to use a, a stadium in one of the cities in Nigeria, and the officials were giving him a runaround. There was no reason why Mahan. But injee. You know, sometimes people just stand against you as Christians. You don't know what is their story. So when he told them, he says, if you don't let me use this place, you'll never be able to use it. Yeah, I told them. He said, you're, you're, you're trying to have any... You know, they, they try to manufacture events. He says, at your event, it will rain, cats and dogs, you'll never be able to use it. They knew him. Then they said, look, you can use the stadium. I believe God's going to take us to that level. Ah, oh, you're not hearing what I'm saying. No, I'm not talking about oppressing people and being nasty to people. No, no. But when people try to be funny, we must tell them we will pray for you. And at Swanser we will pray for you. They have to fellowship. But the church hasn't reclaimed that power yet. Yeah. Because sometimes they're nicer to other people and they're nasty to us. Yeah, we know what what's happening behind the scenes so they let him have the stadium so he had the stadium packed it out had his service and then he he then had told them he said just to show you how serious I was got this thing after our event it's gonna rain yeah so they had the event two hours three hours after, it ran from nowhere you know, I clear. Even when Batuba weather focus baronaka, all sudden it will be clear, skies. Rain cats and dogs. Those are people who understand what the lordship of Jesus is about. Oh, yeah. The early church, Batuba never its harbor. They used to say these are the people who have turned the world upside down. Our problem is that we are not believing this gospel and we're not preaching the fullness of this gospel. We have brought fake things. Yeah. We've brought in Bombay things. We, we have allowed ourselves to be captured by things that are not the Bible. God is bringing us back to his word. Are you there, Barcelona? God is bringing us to who we are. When the Bible says Jesus is the king of kings, he's not talking about the kings of the earth. They are also included, but he's talking about you, 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 you. You have been made kings and priests in Jesus Christ. Somebody say hallelujah. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. His- Dominion, Daniel says, is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And he says, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. The church will never be destroyed. I don't care who it is. Yeah, they can can try to, to conjure up things and whatever, the church will never be destroyed. Jesus' kingdom can never be destroyed. But also it's a kingdom that keeps coming. It keeps growing. And it's a kingdom that will not pass away. (laughs) According to Revelation 3, 21, Jesus conquered and sat down with the Father on his throne where he receives unending praise. According to Revelation 5, 6, Jesus will reign at God's right hand until all enemies are put under his feet. Thus God's kingdom therefore has been inaugurated through the enthronement of Jesus who now sits on heaven's throne and Jesus will return to consummate his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. That's why we pray thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. There comes a day when on this earth the kingdom of God will be done on this earth. It won't be the earth as it is in this form. This is after all judgment, everything will be done and the new Jerusalem and said the new earth, a new earth. And his kingdom will be done there. Number four, Jesus' ascension is his return to his father. Remember that before and after his death and resurrection, Jesus declared that he was sent by his father and he said, I must return to my father. In John 16, 28, he said, I came from my father, I have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the father. He told Mary, do not cling to me, Mary, that's John 20, 17, for I have not yet ascended to the father, but I go to, but you go to my brothers and say unto them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Wow. The greatest reunion that happened in history was between Jesus and his father. Because remember on the cross he cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Perhaps the closest analogy is that of a courageous soldier who had been wounded in war. But in spite of the wounds, the soldier survived. And the soldier goes back to his loved ones. After a hard-fought victory. I don't know if you've ever seen it when soldiers are coming back from war. Family members standing and waiting for them in anticipation. Some of them very tense, not knowing if they ever lived or they died. And when they saw, they see the men coming. Even if some of them are bruised and, and you can see they are battered. But all that matters is that big reunion. Ah, Jesus fully accomplished his mission, glorified the Father on earth. He ascended to heaven and he was united and returned again to his father. He prays in John 7 verse 4 and 5. He says, I have glorified you on earth, Father. I have finished the work that you gave me to do. And now, oh Father, glorify me with your own glory. With the glory which I had with you before the world was. See, that glory was taken away from him on the cross. That glory was taken away when he came in the form of man. But when he ascended, that glory was retained to him. See, we need to take heart that Jesus' homecoming to his father is also preparing a way for our own homecoming. (laughs) Jesus says in John 14, 2 and 3, he said, in my father's house there are many mansions. He says, if it were not so, I would have told you. He says, but I am going ahead of you. I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will receive you unto myself so that where I am, there you will be also. Oh, you think the house you are staying in is nice? You haven't seen yet what Jesus has in store for you. I said you haven't seen yet what Jesus has in store for you. Oh, Barcelona, that's our hope that one day we're going to go to heaven. It's our hope. It's our hope. Number five, the ascended Lord Jesus Christ is our heavenly mediator. He has gone up to heaven to represent our case before God. He's our mediator. He's our high priest. He's our intercessor. And what makes him a unique mediator between God and man? Because as a mediator, you are the one who are supposed to go between two groups of persons and help them work their differences and come to an agreement. Right now, with the strike, Yadi bus, Sadi bus. You know, I know I've been involved in those kinds of uh, negotiations when we were at Marikan. See, when you have the workers and the companies sit around the table and there's an impasse and none of them wants to move, they bring in people who come and negotiate between the two. They are mediators. And the mediators, there's a term they use. Something. <laughs> and it was a big lesson for me when I was watching them doing it. There are people who actually specialize in that. And what they do is they, 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 they go to the, the company and talk to it. Listen to them. Listen to their story. Make some suggestions. And then go to the other people and talk to them. A a proper mediator is the one who understands both sides of the story. But you see, for for us to have a mediator between God and man, uh, the person had to understand both sides. Uh. Ah. No other one could be a mediator. That's why it's so wrong for you to think that Nkunuaha will mediate for you. Oh, you didn't see that coming, did you? Jesus came as 100% God and 100% man. He was God enough to understand the demands of a righteous God, but man enough to understand the weaknesses of a weak person. He was God enough to change water into wine, but man enough to say, I am hungry. He was God enough to say, I thirst man enough rather to say I thirst but he was God enough to walk on the water in fact one day when they came to Jesus they asked him how old are you he says it depends on which side you are asking (laughs) it depends if you are asking me on my mother's side or on my heavenly father's side on my mother's side I am 30 years old on my father's side before Abraham was I am Woo! On my mother's side I gave up the ghost on the cross But on my father's side I sent the Holy Ghost Woo! And so Jesus ascended to become the perfect mediator That's why in 1 Timothy 2 5, Paul writes, For there is only one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. Jesus is a high priest, and his role as a high priest is to offer a sacrifice, a high priest's role is to offer the sacrifices of the sins of the people so the death resurrection and ascension of Jesus secured for us forgiveness he went there in the heavenly holy of holies with his own blood not the blood of bulls and goats For the blood of bulls and goats, even though it covered the sins, it could not remit the sins. It could not wrap the sins off. That is why we had to offer that blood year in and year out and year in and year out. Because they dealt with our sin in a temporal way. But Jesus, the blood of Jesus, was offered only once and for all. And he came into the heavenly holy of holies and he presented his blood. Bought us forgiveness. Bought us a no guilty verdict. Bought us reconciliation with God. And now we stand before God without a sense of sin, without a sense of wrong, without a sense of inferiority, without a sense of fear. And Paul writes in Romans 8.1, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And because we're in Christ Jesus, the verdict of heaven says not guilty. Because we're in Christ Jesus, the verdict of heaven says they have a right standing with God. Remember those days when you wanted to approach the king? You couldn't just approach the king on your own. You had to ask for permission. And they would send a message to the king. And the king would say, all right, you can come. And as you come to the king, you couldn't just come and talk to the king. Before you came, the king had to point to you with his stick called a scepter. And that scepter, when he pointed at you, it means now you have a right standing. You have the right to approach me. The Bible says Jesus got the scepter of righteousness and he has pointed at you with that scepter. He he says to you, you have a right to approach God. Not only do you have a right to approach God, you have a right to be heard by God. Not only do you have a right to be heard by God, you have a right that God should answer your prayers. He says, come boldly to the throne of grace. We no longer approach God with a sense of fear, a sense of sin, a sense of condemnation. But remember, we are not approaching And that is because of that blood that he brought when he ascended on high. Not only is Jesus our high priest, he's our intercessor. The exalted Lord Jesus is now in heaven interceding for us as a true high priest. Romans 8 34, it says he makes intercession. Hebrews 7, 25 says he ever lives to make intercession. Hebrews 4.15, it says he is touched by the feelings of our infirmity. Oh. You know what's good now? During his earthly ministry, Jesus could only be an intercessor to those that he was next to. Because he was only in one body, he could only be in one geographical space at a given time. When he was in Ethiopia, he couldn't be in China. But now, his work is everywhere. Now, he's able to hear everyone, respond to everyone. His effect has been multiplied. No matter where you pray, what time you pray, he hears you. Whether you are in Ethiopia in China, he hears you. Whether it's in the morning or in the evening, he hears you. Whether you pray in Venda, in Shitsonga, siZulu, Kosa, it doesn't matter, he hears you. Whether you are young or old, he hears you. And not only does he hear you, he he sympathizes with your struggles. And he says to you, whatever you ask in my name, <laughs> Whatever you ask in my name. Oh, Barcelona, the church doesn't know who it is. The church doesn't have, you haven't discovered who you are. Number six, the ascended Lord, we are told he will return as king and judge. Acts one eleven, the two angels said to the disciples, this Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way that he saw him you into heaven. Jesus' heavenly reign will one day be realized on earth. That's why we are praying, your kingdom come and your will be done. Here's the thing, Basil, it is coming. He will execute divine judgment. Vindicating the downtrodden, the marginalized. There comes a day when all things will be revealed And the lies and the hypocrisies of people will be revealed. Comes a day when we will know who murdered at who. We will know who raped who. We will know who was telling the truth. Who was telling a lie. We will see it all. Nothing will be hidden. And to those who will have in their lifetime, invited him as Savior and Lord. That decision they've made on the earth will be the one that will guarantee them a place in heaven. But to those who rejected him, even if they were told, it will be a fearsome day. That's the day when all stories and things said about him will be made so real. There will be no time to ask for forgiveness at that time. It will be too late. There will be no time to say I'm sorry. And our works will be tried. And they will be put through the fire. And any work we did that didn't glorify God will burn. And he will sit as judge. He will reward us accordingly. To how we lived. To some he will say, depart from me. You workers of evil. I never knew you. But to some he will say, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. The truth is, it's your choice now and today on which side you'll be. If you're here and you've been invited or you're just visiting and you've never received Christ, or even if you've been coming here and you've never received Christ as Savior and Lord, I beg you, I beg you, you have this opportunity today to invite him into your life as Savior and Lord of your life. Would you bow your heads, please, and close your eyes, everybody. Nobody moving around, please except the ushers and the musicians as we come to the close. My dear friend, this is still a, a period of mercy, forgiveness, love, and grace. Will you use it wisely? This is a chance for you to say, Lord, what I'm still here on earth and I can still make that decision. Will you come into my life and make me a child of God? You may have heard about Jesus and never done anything about it. But today as you've been listening, you realize, you know what? My life is not right before God. Jesus, will you come into my life and make me a child of God? Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. Maybe you've lived for God once, but you backslid and went back to your sins. And you've lived in a way that has dishonored God. Today you say, I want to renew my relationship with you, Jesus. I want to recommit myself. Please pray for me. Those two categories of people, whoever you are, if you need prayer, would you raise your hand, please, right where you are. I want to pray for you. Thank you for those bold hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You see, on that day, when we stand before him, Many will regret that they were embarrassed when they were supposed to make the right decision when time was there. You'll remember days like this when you were given a chance, but you were too important to respond. Will you respond, my brother, my sister, my mother, my father, young person, children? Will you respond? Thank you for those who raised their hands. Would you please stand on your feet?